Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating, and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical, and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Hello and welcome to podcast number 10. I am so excited that you've made it to number 10 and I really hope you guys are learning heaps of new things. Today I've decided to record a podcast on beating sugar cravings. So this will just be me chatting to you guys today based on my experience with my own clients and my own um, personal background. And in the next few podcasts after this, we're going to have some amazing expert guests lined up for you guys, and I cannot wait to showcase them to you. So in the coming weeks, we will have experts on the show talking about things like intermittent fasting, weight loss, truths, myths, and trends on social media, and how to make healthy food taste delicious without the calories. But you guys will have to wait patiently as today is all about beating sugar cravings. Now, if you haven't listened to podcast number two on the different types of hunger, I'd really recommend doing that first before listening to this one, as cravings are generally a form of head hunger or what we call non-hungry eating. And that's what podcast number two is all about. Now, I know that so many women and men as well struggle with sugar cravings, and it can really be the limiting factor that holds so many of us back in regards to achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And I get so many questions around sugar cravings that I thought, what a great podcast topic. So let's jump straight into sugar cravings today. Now, for those of you that have followed me for a while, you'll know that I've struggled with these issues in the past, you know, emotional eating and beating sugar cravings, Um, especially the after dinner sugar cravings. It was something that I really just battled with for so many years. And I can honestly say to you guys that I didn't experience a true, I guess, breakthrough with my own healthy lifestyle until I was really honest with myself about this. And I finally learned to get on top of it so that it, it stopped ruling and just dictating my life. You know, I was so good, so strict throughout the day. And then I just always give in to these sugar cravings at nighttime. So my hope for you today is to just give you a little bit of an insight into what sugar cravings are and how we can learn to conquer them. But just let me quickly remind you guys that I'm not a psychologist. So if you have a diagnosed eating disorder, um, such as binge eating disorder, or this is something that you really, really, really are struggling with, I would recommend booking in with a local psychologist who specializes in food and eating behaviors to help you work through some of these things that you're struggling with. So let me start by giving you guys just a little bit of an explanation into what I consider emotional eating is. So I tell my clients that emotional eating It's very much related to the type of non-hungry eating that happens when we're stressed, perhaps we're anxious, upset, or even angry. So it sometimes leads to us eating far more food than we ever really anticipated because we're trying so hard to suppress whatever negative emotion it is that we're feeling that we literally have no willpower left at the end of the day to say no to these types of foods. So we're generally using food to either comfort or soothe ourselves, and we generally tend to eat far more than we ever intended because we were never really hungry to begin with. So no amount of food is ever really going to satisfy us. 
So working on being really present in the moment and truly trying to recognize what is true physical hunger and what is more that head hunger, which is what I term that non-hungry eating, which is related to stress or even just being upset. When we when we realize this, we can really start to work on um, eating when we're truly physically hungry. And when we realize that we're experiencing cravings or hunger for other reasons like head hunger, we realize that we can do other things like journaling, meditating, walking, or even calling a friend or taking a hot shower. So that's what I like to think of as a difference between non-hungry eating and, um, you know, true physical hunger where you should go and eat a meal. And typically when I think about sugar cravings, it's more of that non-hungry eating. So I guess the definition of a craving is a powerful desire for something. So as an example, a craving for chocolate is a powerful desire for chocolate. Now I classify cravings as non-hungry eating, or again, that head hunger, which generally comes out of nowhere. You know, a couple of minutes ago, you weren't really hungry. You might see an ad for chocolate on TV, or you might open your pantry and see some chocolate in there. And now all you can think about is chocolate and you can't get that craving out of your head. Um, And with the craving, it's also generally Um, really specific to a certain type of food. I mean, we generally don't crave carrots or we generally don't crave baby spinach or vegetables or anything like that. It's generally related to um, a more highly processed food such as chocolate or ice cream or potato chips. So most people tend to think that cravings and emotional eating are due to a lack of self-control. But in my experience, this isn't the whole picture. So I guess the fact of the matter is that our brain loves sugar. We love sugar. And when we eat sugar, our brain releases a chemical called dopamine, and that just makes us feel good. So dopamine mediates the reward and pleasure center of our brain. And when it's stimulated, it acts as a messenger, which basically tells us to continue to seek out whatever it is that's making us feel good. So because eating sugar makes us feel good, we tend to reach for foods containing sugar more often, and particularly during the times when we feel maybe sad or tired or stressed. So this is, I guess, particularly dangerous for a healthy lifestyle as often we were never really hungry to begin with. We were just sad or stressed or emotional. So over time, it's really easy to become, I guess, trapped in this sugar craving cycle where each time you feel stressed, you reach for sugar um, and then you feel good temporarily and then you crave more sugar and the cycle tends to just repeat itself. So how do we break this I guess, vicious sugar craving cycle. Well, I've got a three-step process for you guys today. So the first step is around controlling your blood glucose levels. So your blood glucose levels can drop when you skip meals regularly or eat meals and snacks that have very, very low or no carbohydrates in them. So the brain's main source of energy is a simple sugar called glucose. And when we eat carbohydrates, the body breaks them down into glucose. And then the glucose travels around our body and our body uses it for energy. Carbs are the easiest source of energy for the body. Now, when there isn't enough glucose or carbs in our blood, our brain sends a signal out to the to the body to eat more carbohydrates or to eat more sugar so that it has the energy to continue functioning properly. So this is a completely normal response. However, it can often become I guess a little bit problematic when the foods that we continue reaching for are really high in refined or processed sugar. So this type of sugar causes a really large spike in our blood glucose levels, and it results in um, really fast energy that's used really quickly by the body. And it leads to a really large spike in our glucose levels, and they come crashing back down again really fast. So 
this dramatic spike and then drop in our blood glucose levels um, makes our body crave more sugar in an attempt to bring these glucose levels back to a normal range. So I see many people craving sugar, um, especially when they drop out carbs from their diet and in particular their main meals in an attempt to lose weight. So the latest research in science shows us that complex carbohydrates can easily be included in a lifelong healthy diet, but it's best that they're from sources such as whole grains, beans, lentils, legumes, fruits, and veggies. So my recommendation to assist with sugar cravings is to actually include small amounts of complex carbohydrates in all of your meals. So the amount of carbs that your body needs will differ depending on your goals and your training um, at the moment. But roughly for most people, I find one to two serves of complex carbohydrates at each meal um, suits them really well. So my favorite type of complex carbs are things like rolled oats. I love fruit and Greek yogurt, um, any sort of beans, lentils, and legumes. And of course, have vegetables and things like brown rice and whole grain pasta, which you guys know that I love. So I find my clients who regularly include small amounts of complex complex carbs in all of their meals and then pair this with some lean protein, a small amount of healthy fat and tons of fiber from all of their vegetables and salads. These clients crave sugar less because they don't feel as restricted because they're eating carbs regularly throughout the day. So actually eating the right types of carbohydrates can help you crave less sugar long-term. So my second step is to realize that your cravings can and do go away. So when my one-on-one coaching clients first start working with me, they often tell me that, you know, they give into their cravings because they're so intense and they never go away. But this actually isn't true. So stress, anxiety, and difficult emotions can often make our cravings go through the roof or so we think. So our food cravings may feel like they get stronger and stronger and stronger until we finally give in to the sugar craving, but I'm here to tell you that that's not necessarily true. So instead of our cravings going in this sort of upward linear line, which feels like it never ends, it actually hits a peak and tends to come back down again. But we often give into the craving at the time of the peak before we realize that the craving actually starts to diminish. So yes, cravings do feel very intense, but a few minutes of really deep breathing or just easy distractions they can diminish the feeling and the intensity of the craving, which makes it a lot easier to ride out um, entirely. So it's not really about having the willpower to ride out the craving. It's simply about having enough distractions to keep your mind occupied until you realize that the craving has indeed gone away or at least, you know, de-intensified at the very least. So Think of cravings like a wave. It builds up and it builds up and then it comes crashing down onto the shore and then the wave starts to recede back into the ocean. So the same thing with cravings. Yes, they build up and they build up, but if you distract yourself for long enough, they'll eventually go away. So I guess in my own experience, one of my favorite games to play when I was trying to break my own sugar craving habit, and I call this a habit because it's often something that we do after dinner. For example, people say, I always crave sweets after dinner. It's just a habit. We're so used to eating sweets after dinner or maybe at the movies or even at afternoon tea time, you know, that 3 p.m. slump. We're so used to that, that we've almost conditioned our bodies into believing that this is entirely normal and that we actually, you know, we need it at these times. So in the simplest sense, I like to think of cravings just like a bad habit. We just need to distract ourselves from these bad habits. So I used to play a game with myself when I felt a craving coming on. 
the first thing I'd do is remove myself from the kitchen, you know, out of sight, out of mind. It's a very powerful thing. And I'd go and I'd lie down on my bed. Now I'd lie on my stomach. I found that this just reminded me that I wasn't really hungry by lying on my stomach. Like it actively made me think about my stomach and if I was truly hungry or not. And then I'd play like this game with myself. I'd use the stopwatch on my phone and I'd almost, I just try to beat my craving time each day. So what I do is I'd say to myself, all right, you can have any food that you want, but you need to last five or 10 minutes. So I'd set a stopwatch on my phone and I'd try to last until that time. Now it's really important to remember guys that you need to remove the restriction from food because the more you restrict food and the more your body feels restricted, the more likely you are to end up overeating that food. So I'd always promise myself that I could have whatever food I was craving. I'd always allow myself to have that as long as I could lie on the bed and try to last for a certain amount of time. So, you know, I'd try to last on the bed for five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes and so on. And then after about three or four days, you know, I was well past the 20 minute mark. And I, I sort of started to realize that, yes, I wasn't actually hungry. And the second part, I wasn't even experiencing these sugar cravings anymore. They'd really de-intensified and they'd gotten a lot less. So after about a week or two, I wasn't actually craving sugar after dinner at all. Sure, for the first couple of days, I lasted five minutes and I actually got up and I went to eat that food. But after a couple of days and as the time got longer, I realized that the sugar cravings by the end, they weren't even there. So after about one or two weeks, I just stopped craving sugar after dinner altogether because my brain, it stopped receiving that constant sugar hit. So it kind of stopped reinforcing that sugar craving cycle. Because remember what we talked about before, the more sugar you have, the more sugar you want. You just get caught up in this vicious cycle. So for me, playing just this competitive game with myself, trying to line my stomach for as long as I could, it was just the best distraction that I could do. And it helped me realize that it was indeed a habit. Um, I knew that I could have that food at any time I wanted, but I wanted to be truly hungry when I was eating it, not you know having it 10 minutes after dinner because I'm not hungry because I literally just ate my dinner. So that's a really good strategy for all the competitive people out there. And now my third and final strategy is around just mindfulness and being present. So a lot of people don't realize that to actively, to change something, you actively need to put something in place to intentionally make yourself change that bad habit or that behavior. Because in my honest opinion, giving into cravings and emotional eating, it's related to bad habits. It's a thing that we do even subconsciously without really even realizing it because it's linked to just that habit that we've almost conditioned ourselves to do time after time. So if you find that your sugar cravings after dinner won't go away, you actively need to put things in place to break out of your regular routines and habits just to get yourself out of that rut. So often we do things on autopilot because we're just so conditioned to doing it. So bringing yourself back to the present moment and being really aware and mindful and just doing things a little bit differently to change up your routine after dinner to break some of those bad habits. So as soon as you finish dinner, turn off the light in the kitchen, go and brush your teeth straight after dinner, and then spend 10 minutes doing some yoga or meditation or just journaling instead of lying on the couch and almost waiting for the chocolate to call your name. So distract yourself, but be really intentional about it, guys. So saying that you're just going to stop craving sugar and have the willpower to do that, it's very different to actively putting 
you know, tangible steps in place to stop the habit, actively putting one or two things in place and saying, all right, I'm going to do this rather than just trying to have the best intentions. So when you turn off the light in the kitchen, it signals to your brain that, you know, eating is finished for the night. And if you go upstairs and you brush your teeth, you've got this beautiful, fresh, minty feeling in your mouth. And again, that signals to your brain that eating is finished for the day. And then you might want to try a quick meditation, or you might even want to try going to bed early because often when we crave different types of foods, we can be tired or dehydrated or even stressed. So just managing the root cause of the problem can be the simplest and easiest fix of all. So go to bed earlier, guys. Drink plenty of water throughout the day and practice some deep breathing. Maybe at your desk if you're having a stressful day or as soon as you come home, if you find that your cravings are worse the minute that you get home from work, instead of dumping your bag down and going and looking in the pantry, go upstairs, rinse your mouth out with some mouthwash so you get that beautiful minty feeling, journal your thoughts and your feelings for 10 minutes and practice a quick yoga flow or go outside in the fresh air and just walk to the end of the street and back. All of these things can be enough to just distract you and get rid of the, you know, the intensity of those cravings. So that's all I've got for you guys today. I really hope that it was helpful. And if you would like more around conquering emotional eating and developing a healthier relationship with food, I actually created an awesome ebook for you guys because I had so many questions coming in and so many people struggling with this. So on my website, www.leanneward.com.au. I've got an ebook for sale on my shop page. It'll help you to identify what the difference is between true physical hunger and more of that head hunger or that emotional eating. It'll help you to identify what is a soul food, what your true soul food is, and how to incorporate your soul foods into a lifelong healthy lifestyle without feeling restricted or anything like that. And we also touch on cravings as well. So the ebook is hundred percent money back guaranteed because I know it's helped hundreds of women worldwide to establish a healthy relationship with food. And I know it's going to help you as well. So it's available on the shop page of my website at www.leanneward.com.au. And that is it for me today, guys. Stay tuned for podcast number 11. We have a brilliant guest expert on for you guys. So Jamie Chambers, we'll be discussing intermittent fasting with us, the latest science around intermittent fasting and some results from her popular nutrition clinic in Sydney. I can't wait. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. But please don't forget to leave me a rating in the Purple Apple Podcast app. It's as easy as hitting those little gold stars at the bottom of the episode list. And the more gold stars you give me, the more free content that I can create for you guys. It actually costs me to record and host my podcast, but I don't charge you guys anything. So if you have a spare moment, it would mean the world to me if you could leave me a rating or a review. And I would appreciate it so much. I will catch you guys in the next episode.